It's the Hoffman Show. We're on the Team 980, always live as well on the free Odyssey app. Coming up in 15 minutes, Linnell Willingham hops in on an overreaction Tuesday. So much to talk about. Might pop a few NFL draft takes in as well. 6 o'clock hour, Wizards guard Tyus Jones at 6.30. Other than that, we are talking all about the news of the day, which is that Ben Johnson has decided for the second straight year to not take a head coaching job. And, of course, that is rather relevant here in D.C. as the commanders were the presumptive landing spot, uh, according to many for Johnson's services to talk about it all a guy who grew up rooting for the team here in DC ultimately went on to run the Packers front office now host of the uh, business of sports podcast with Andrew Brandt it's Andrew Brandt Andrew welcome back to the show sir always good to talk to you yeah Craig always a pleasure to talk to my uh my hometowners there in D.C. Yeah, it's always good to have you, and especially on a day like today, because, uh, you know, obviously we're going to talk about the Washington side of this here in a second, but I think the most interesting question for you is, what does this mean for Ben Johnson moving forward? Like, if you were if you were on the Packers team playing, and it's a little different with the Packers because you, you wouldn't be on with the owner uh, because you don't have an owner in Green Bay, but we can pretend. If, if you're you and the Packers brass are on a plane somewhere to interview someone, and maybe there's two interviews because they were going to interview Aaron Glenn in Detroit as well, and you get word like, ah, that guy's actually not interested anymore. What do you think the ripple effect is for Johnson around the NFL and for his head coaching future making this move in this way? Yeah, I mean, first of all, we had about 50,000 owners all <laughs> That's wearing a good point. heads. That's a good point. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if they had private planes, though. So, I mean, I'm sure some, yeah. one, one or two of them must have. Sheer numbers. Yeah. I think the um, – let's just review. It's two years in a row now. So two years in a row, consecutive years that – Ben Johnson, offensive coordinator for the Lions, has been rumored for all these jobs and been a quote-unquote hot candidate to ascend to a head coaching position, which we assume from the outside is what every young coach wants, to be a head coach of an NFL team and only 32 jobs in the world. What an amazing position. He said no both times. And last year we kind of understood it. We assumed he got a big pay jump. And what happened this year just seemed to come out of the blue today, as you noted, on the way the commander's brass is to interview him and, as you correctly said, another candidate from the same team, so their trip is not for naught. I mean, as you saw me on Twitter, I just think that this is going to sting for a minute and you're going to get the narratives out there that, do you want to trust this guy with your team? And, and this is a bad look and he's not going to be a head coach after this. I don't give any of that much weight. I don't because he is going to continue to be an excellent offensive coach. He's going to use those weapons. We saw late in the year that were just blossoming for the lions. Those two Alabama players, Jamison Williams and Jamar Gibbs in more creative ways Sam Laporta, in more creative ways, have even a better offense and have even a better resume next year in a league that maybe the Lions do ascend to the Super Bowl. So I don't see a problem. And the ultimate example of that is Josh McDaniels, who is known to be kind of a surly character, actually accepted a job and then reneged on a job with the Indianapolis Colts and then had more interviews, and then got a job. The fact he was a, uh, a failure at the Raiders is after the fact. 
I'm just saying he got the job and the interviews. So I don't take into account Ben Johnson having a weak future with head coaching opportunities because of this. It's a tough time for the, for the commanders fans to hear that right now, but I think he'll be a head coach when he wants to be. No, I don't disagree with you, Andrew. I'm glad yeah. you said that as someone with your experience, as opposed to me, a guy sitting uh, in the radio, but it, or in front of a radio mic, because at the end of the day, like the, the team that he says yes to only cares that he says yes to them. He doesn't care what they right. did uh, to the commanders in the past. Okay, now that now that we've uh, gone down that road, let's go back to kind of where this leaves Washington. They will interview Aaron Glenn. They've interviewed McDonald. They've interviewed Quinn. They've interviewed Bienemy. Um, I, if you're interviewing for a head coach, I don't know how many times you had to go through that in Green Bay. Like, what are the characteristics you were looking for, and and how do you think that's maybe changed from the times that you were doing it to what uh, a good head coach, a successful head coach, is in this modern 2024 NFL? Because it wasn't that long ago that you were doing it, but yeah. the league has adapted and changed. It feels like so much in the last decade. Well, a couple things. I went through two in Green Bay. The most recent one was a coach you guys know named Mike McCarthy. Uh, that we hired in 2007. And, you know, I think the interviews, again, this is, comes back to not having an owner, which may be a different sort, sort of interview. But we were very player-focused. Uh, you know, we'd go through our roster, and we'd see how the potential coach would utilize that roster and how he'd utilize some of our young players and what he thought of them. And, of course, you go through what his staff would look like. And why this co- why this coordinator, why that coordinator, you know, are they interested in interviewing coordinators from the outside that they haven't worked with, that they maybe admired as a coach instead of bringing in cronies? What would the plan be? You know, we had coaches come in from February 1 to January 31, every week planned out, every week, and present that and present that. And coaches come in and prepared with their staff from coordinators down to quality control and the backgrounds they're looking for. And then, of course, how they would use our personnel and uh, what they thought the team needed draft and free agency wise. So there are all these kind of questions. But as everyone listening knows, you don't have to know anything about football to know what <laughs> what happens in an interview. Five minutes in, it's like a date. Is there comfort level? Is there chemistry? You know, is there, could you work with this person period? Like, could you be around this person a lot? And, uh, you know, that's always part of it too. Of course, when we talk about favorites, everyone said the favorite was Ben Johnson. And here we are. So who knows who the favorites are, Andrew, but it seems like the two favorites left for Washington are Dan Quinn and Mike McDonald, one, a young and upcoming coordinator at just 36 years old in Baltimore. The other, a quote-unquote retread with Dan uh, having had the, the time that he had, a 43-42 and 42 record uh, as the head coach of the Atlanta Falcons. What, what kind of things are you looking for? Like what differentiates uh, the, the, what you're looking for in a, a retread and, and what you want to get out of that interview and what make, might make you decide to go that direction versus the concerns and questions you want to hear answers to for a guy like McDonald who could be the next big thing or could just be a young guy who's not ready for the job yet. Yeah, you identified the two areas of concerns, probably the wrong word, but just you want to ask. You want to ask right. Dan Quinn what happened at the other stops. And again, there is some recency bias. A lot of teams did say there's not, but 
I was at that game a couple weeks ago in Dallas where the Packers, my Packers, ran roughshod over that defense. It looked like the defense had little to no resistance at all. you got to ask Quinn about that. I mean, I'm sure, of course, you ask him about that. And was they just outmaneuvered by the Packers and Matt LaFleur, or what happened? So you want to ask about the previous stops, what he would do better as a head coach. And then for someone who hasn't had that, then it comes in as to how would you handle the increased responsibility? Would you, in McDonald's case, continue to handle the defense? Uh, what involvement would you have on offense? And, of course, who would be running the offense? So these are all kind of the natural questions. But, again, I think everyone's looking for the Ben Johnson type. And this is why I wrote about in Sports Illustrated, you know, why Bill Belichick didn't get a job. I mean, people want the fresh face that will ascend. And it's no surprise to me that Bill Belichick or Pete Carroll or Mike Vrabel are not getting jobs. They won't, people want to sign just like they sign players. They don't care about past performance when you do a contract. The contract's about future performance, and that's what teams are looking for with coaches. It's, is it ageism? I don't know. I mean, everyone can debate that. But people want young ascending coaches that can be there a long time. Andrew Brandt, former NFL executive, is with us here on the Hoffman Show, has a great podcast. Uh, you can search his name in your favorite podcast app, and it will pop right up. Also uh, works in sports law. If you want to go take his class, you have to get into Villanova Law School, so have fun with that. Uh, but, Andrew, uh, so well-rounded on, on so many things. Let me ask you this last thing on the way out, Andrew, uh, about timelines here, because I don't think this is going to push Washington back tremendously. Uh, with our luck, the way this show goes, it's we get done at 7, at 7.02 tonight, there will be breaking news that they've hired someone. That tends to be how things go around here. Um, but likely tomorrow, Thursday, we get news. But we're seeing offensive coordinators get hired to other places. We're seeing, uh, obviously, the Senior Bowl, and there's plenty of coaches that that go down there, maybe not as, as many as used to. But the, the later this gets pushed, what does Washington, I don't want to say miss out on, but what is Washington at risk of losing and, and have to play catch-up on the later they go making this decision? Well, unless I don't know enough about Washington right now, they still have a scouting staff. They do. And, they do. And the scout, scouting staff is doing all that stuff you're talking about. And depending on the, the uh, organization, the coaches can do very little to no scouting or a lot of scouting, but primarily the scouts handle that. You know, the coach, once you do hire a coach, though, then there are weeks, as you see now with all these other staffs, there are weeks before you fill out the coaching staff. But, you know, I think as a, as a bottom line, teams tend to say we want our con- entire staff set when we go to the combine in mid to late February. I mean, that's really the deadline. These bowl games, sure. But, you know, you got scouting staffs. So I don't get too, con- too worried about timing. And, and listen, I like what they've done. I like what all these teams have done, except maybe the Patriots. I mean, why not take a broad brush? why not interview 10, 12, 15 people? There's no downside to that, in my opinion. Um, If nothing else, you pick the brain about other organizations. So I think it's a valuable tool for teams to sort of use this time, use it right. No doubt, and it seems extra valuable here in Washington with new ownership uh, to kind of learn about the league a little bit more as they go through this process. Yeah. 
Uh, Andrew, always appreciate your perspective. Uh, thanks so much. Anything else that you want people to know about? I know you've been doing newsletters, podcasts, anything in particular that I didn't mention that you want folks to know as you uh, you cover these and the other big stories around the NFL? Yeah, the newsletter is really growing. It comes out on Sundays. Just go to andrew-brandt.com. Sign up with your email. It's free. And I just give you a lot of different insights about all sports and business and life, et cetera. So, and then I do these reels on Instagram, um, Andrew Brandt too. Some a-hole got Andrew Brandt. Won't give it up. So. <laughs> <laughs> it's Andrew Brandt too. Uh, on Instagram where I do these reels. I think people enjoy those. Nice. Uh, did you ever think when you were sitting in the Packers front office running, running an NFL team, you're like, yeah, one day I'll do Instagram reels. Yeah. Well, I'm thankful quickly that I lived as an executive in sports in the pre-social media area. That's, era. that's true, too. I that was very thankful for that. Yeah. Reels, reels now uh, executiving then, I think, is, is definitely the order. Um, Andrew, always appreciate the time. Thank you, sir. Thanks, Rex. Uh, that is Andrew Brandt with us, everybody. Uh, great former NFL executive, great analyst. Always a pleasure to have him on the show. And I agree with what he said at the top there. Uh, the biggest thing I wanted to ask him is about Johnson's future. I don't think this affects it very much. Um, I think there are some concerns, but not the kind of concerns that people can't get past very quickly if he has another great season in Detroit. When we get back, hey, I see him just stalking me in the hallway. Linnell Willingham, uh, is, he's chomping at the bit to come in here. Overreaction Tuesday is next.